Okay, listen, one last little, one last little Wednesday night message for me to you. Just want to try to keep it short and simple. You could actually put up that next slide if you want. This is a verse I want to talk about tonight. Um, it's not just a, thanks Ryan. It's not just a, a, a message for eighth graders. All right, here we go. Let's dial it in. Not just a message for eighth graders, but this is for everybody. Um, you guys know what we're about here in junior high. It's, we love having you guys here. We're here to answer your questions. Uh, last two weird, two years have been a little bit weird for sure. Um, you guys haven't had a normal junior high experience, but it's what God had ordained for you and what he had prepared for you. So it, it was what it was. And hopefully you guys uh, leave junior high thinking, especially eighth graders, leave junior high thinking that that it was, um, it was the best. You know, we, we love having you here. We want to answer your questions. Not only me and, and Ryan and Doc, but all the leaders. We're trying constantly every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning, just pointing you to the, to the truth in the Bible, the truth in God's word. And one major truth that we emphasize over and over and over has been and will continue to just be here in junior high. It'll just be the gospel. Uh, our, our concern is that you know the gospel. It's, it's been a goal of mine. It's been a hope of mine. It's been a prayer that I've had, especially for this eighth grade class, that you would leave really knowing the gospel. Uh, if I could, I, I would love to like make you believe it, but I can't do that. That's not my job. That's, that's God's work. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Psalm 3.8 says that, so I can't make you believe it, but, you know, my job and the rest of the leaders here in junior high, we, we take it really seriously. We want you to know the gospel. Uh, we want you to understand what it is and, and hopefully that you, you would embrace it. So tonight, before we say kind of our Wednesday goodbye to our eighth grade class, you guys are still invited on Sunday for a couple weeks, but, but this verse that I, I want to talk about up on the screen, 1 Timothy 1.15 um, kind of short and sweet, but here's why I want to talk about it. Uh, just even today, I got uh, kind of been a hard day. I got some sad news from a friend back in Illinois. Uh, their, one of their kids is in second grade, and just out of nowhere, they, they found out that their teacher, this second grader's teacher, was in a really bad car accident last night, and she actually died. And so it's just like one of those things that really kind of jars you. And you think, man, she was, uh, she was 25. I actually didn't know her, but my, you know, our friend called and let us know she was 25, just finished school, uh, just started teaching. She loved her class. She was a great teacher. I mean, it's just, it's just this crazy thing that's happened. And she had her like whole life in front of her. And I'm sure she had tons of plans. And I'm sure that she had, you know, a lot of thoughts about what her life would, would become. And like I said, I don't, I don't know her. We've never met. The good news is I'm pretty sure she was a believer that her, her family and the, the people at the school said she was a Christian. I was just thinking about that this afternoon. I thought, you know what, if we could somehow hear from her tonight, I actually think she would want to talk about something close to this verse. Like again, it comes from First Timothy chapter one, verse fifteen, and Paul there writes this: the saying is trustworthy and it's deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus 
came into the world to save sinners. It's a simple verse. It's, it's from one pastor to another. Paul is kind of the senior pastor. Timothy would be a guy like me, like a youth pastor. And Paul was giving him something here, just kind of reminding him of this key truth that was just really well known. It's a trustworthy statement, he says. That's kind of his way of, of just saying this is something to be just confident in. It's something to trust. This statement is, is something to believe in, and it's deserving of full acceptance. You think, what's, what's that? What's he trying to say? Well, he's, he's emphasizing here kind of the reality that not only does everybody know this, like this is common knowledge, but he's also trying to say that this is something that should be like received or, or known or embraced by everyone. This is deserving of our acceptance. And we think, well, what? Well, it's this, what he says next. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. In just a few words, Paul unpacks, I think, one of the best places the Bible shows us the gospel. He doesn't need a lot of words to say it, but we have to understand that he's trying to remind Paul of this really trustworthy statement, one that is deserving of all of our belief in. So these words are, are chosen carefully, and they help us understand the gospel, and it begins with Christ Jesus. Here's the statement, Christ Jesus. And this is a great way to talk about Jesus. He's not just Jesus. He's not just the Christ. He's both Christ Jesus. Christ means he's the divine one. He's the one who came from heaven. He's the son of God. He's the anointed king of heaven. When you think Christ, that's what you think about. The, this, this God man who came down to redeem us from our sin. He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the one that all the people in the Old Testament part of our Bible have been waiting so long for. He's the Christ. He's the one that ever since the, Christ, the cross, everybody's looking back to. He's the Christ. This is, this is Jesus. When we think about that other part, that he's, he's Jesus, we know that he became Jesus at the incarnation. This, this moment when he was born, when he entered into time and history, when he became a man, his, his name was Jesus. So Christ Jesus, that reminds us that he's both fully God and fully man. And he, he had to be both to die for us. And this verse speaks the truth that this, this God man, this Christ Jesus came into the world and it's a great reminder of what happened, that he did take on human flesh. And it wasn't that he just did that and then stayed in heaven, but he actually came into the world. And it reminds us that he was somewhere before he came in. He's God. He's always existed. His life just didn't begin when he was born in Bethlehem, which some people think, but that's not what it's saying. It says he, he came here. He wasn't forced he wasn't dragged. He wasn't sent. He willingly came into the world. Came sacrificially. He came in obedience to his father's plan. He, he came to die. Philippians chapter 2 says this about Jesus, that he was in the form of God, but he didn't 
count his equality with God a thing to be grasped or to be like held on tightly to, but he emptied himself and he took on this form of, of a servant. He was born in the likeness of men. He was found in human form and he humbled himself by becoming obedient, even to the point of death, death on a cross. So Jesus came into the world and he, he veiled those parts of him that were, were just so obviously God. It's called his divine glory. He had to kind of veil that. And he did, and, and he did it to become a servant and to die this horrible death on the cross. We've learned from Ephesians this year. I hope some of you eighth graders remember at least a little bit of that. The fact that he came into the world, we've learned about what kind of world this is. The world that we live in, it's, it's full of people who aren't spiritually alive, but spiritually dead. That's what our world is, is made up of. People who are spiritually blind, people who are consumed by sin, people who are just only interested in themselves. Romans 3 says, no one seeks for God. No one. That's our world. This is the world that Jesus came into where people aren't interested in God at all. They only care about themselves. They're just consumed with them. God had to come to us. He had to come into our world. And he entered into this world that was, again, it was lost. It was a world that was consumed by the darkness of sin. It was a world that was just full of all this unbelief. And yet Jesus came and he came into the world. And the verse says at the end, he came to save sinners. He came to, to save sinners. Some thought when Jesus showed up that he had come to rule, that he was finally here to, to make right all the Old Testament stuff that God's people had been waiting for. And they thought, yes, he's here. His kingdom's going to begin. We're going to have no more problems. This is awesome. That isn't why he came at first. He, he came first to make sure there would be a way for, for mankind to actually be in his kingdom. He will come back one day again to do that, to rule and reign. But his first trip here was about making sure that people could be in that kingdom. He came to, to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mark 10, 45 says that. Jesus came into our world. It was wrecked. It was ruined by sin. He came to, to save us, it says, to save sinners. And that's you and that's me. That's everyone who's violated God's law, even in one area. And that's everyone who's born an enemy of God because of your sin nature. That's all of us. No one escapes that description. Jesus came to seek. <laughs> he came to save that which was lost. Luke 19.10 says he came to save us. He came to save us from the death that we deserve. He came to deliver us from that judgment that we had so by our sinful nature inherited. It was, it was ours. He came to save us from the darkness of sin. He came to set us free from the, the slavery that our sin just had us held to. 
That's what it means when it says he came to, to, to save us. We were held captive to that sin and he came to set us free and to save us from an eternal life without him. And that is the best definition of hell you could ever come up with. Forever and ever and ever without God. That's a horrible, horrible place. But he's came to save us and he, he laid his life down on the cross and he, he did it to pay for our sin. And the Bible tells us that he rose three days later to, to prove that what he did was accepted by the father, that the payment was, was good, that he had beaten death and that the promise he was making for eternal life that we could say, yes, it's good. It's guaranteed. He's alive. We can confidently believe because of the resurrection that, that anyone can have access to the kingdom if they will but repent and believe to, to turn from sin and ask Jesus to save you and to give you life. This is a trustworthy statement. Eighth graders, as some of you head into high school and some of you seventh graders about to be eighth graders and whatever sort of dreams of eighth grade dominance that you have in your mind. That's great. I'm so happy for you. But this is way more important. This statement, this is deserving of your acceptance. If you're saying, yes, that, that right there, that's true. Bless you. You know, that teacher of my friend's daughter, I think as we think about her, her life, you know, our eyes, we would say her life was cut short, 25. That's so sad. Like we would just say, you know, tragedy, how, how unfortunate. But I think she would say, don't feel sorry for me. Today was the best day of her life. In 25 years today, she got to see Jesus. She got to be in his presence in a place that was perfect. She wouldn't want to come back here if she had a million opportunities to to, it was Christ to die is gain. Paul writes, today was the best day of her life. And, and, and I'm confident if somehow she could get a message to us or, or some way we could just hear from her for just a few seconds, I genuinely believe she would say something like this. I genuinely think she would say, young people, I want you to listen this statement is true and you should listen. Christ Jesus came into the world to save you. You know, I, I don't share this story to try to manipulate you or, or to scare you into believing the gospel, but it's just a reminder, you guys, that our days are 
numbered. Her days were numbered. Her death last night did not take God by surprise. That was her life. That was her day. That was numbered. It was the plan. And just like her life, our days are numbered too. We have only so much time. And that's always been a part of the gospel's message. A verse like this, it's saying, embrace this right now. Believe this right now while you can, while there's time. Another book of the Bible, another author of the Bible talks about that same thing. And he's referencing the same thing. Guys, it's always been the Bible's message. The timing for salvation is right now. Isaiah 55, he writes this. And I'll just close with this. He says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked, which is you and me, let forsake their way. Let the unrighteous man or woman forsake their thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on you. To our God, return to him for he will abundantly pardon Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And that salvation is absolutely up for grabs. It could be yours tonight. If you will just but repent and believe. If you will just but call out to Jesus and say, help me believe. I know it's true. I want to accept this. I know you came to save sinners like me. That's how that verse ends. I I left that part off, but Paul says, of whom I'm the worst. That's kind of the attitude we need when we come to a verse like this. God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm one of the worst, but I know that your word promises to save and to pardon and to forgive and to redeem everyone who but calls upon you. It's a trustworthy statement and salvation can be yours tonight. Father, what a year you've given us, Lord. We, we wouldn't change a thing. Lord, thank you for all the opportunity that we've had to be together this year, to, to study your word this year, to learn more about, about you. God, I pray above all else that, that your gospel has been made clear. God, that this trustworthy statement has been written on the hearts of all these young people here tonight. Father, please use this message to save many. Help them call out to you tonight to not wait, God, but to do it while you're near, while they have time. Lord, I ask that you continue your work of salvation. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.